So in my podcast with Eric Everhart, Unleashing Your Sexual Superpower, I asked him if he ever noticed that diet negatively affected his sexual performance. For you don't, who don't know, Eric Everhart is a porn star, has been a porn star for over 20 years now. So clearly he needed to be able to perform sexually to do his job. So I, that's why I asked him if diet affected his sexual function, he ever noticed it. And the thing is, he did say yes. But the thing is also, he is now 45 years old and it takes time for you to start to notice these things. And by the time you notice them, you need to do a lot more correcting than if you did things the right way from the start. So that is why diet is so important. Like you have to focus on diet from the beginning. Now it's never too late. You can always continue to improve your sexual function by focusing on your diet. So how should you focus on your diet? Well, the thing is you should do things that increase your testosterone levels and lower access cortisol, estrogen, prolactin, and serotonin, and a diet that increases your androgens, as I mentioned, testosterone, more specifically, DHT. Now, the cool thing is you can eat a diet that is gonna optimize those hormones for you that is pro-sexual function. So let me talk about calories and macros and micros as well. So let's start with calories. Calories is the most important thing that allows your body to create androgens. If your body sends that it's in a caloric deficit, it will start to limit stereogenesis because of energy availability problem. If you don't have enough energy available, your body will shut down stereogenesis. Not shut down, but inhibit. So this is a common problem for people that go on stage, they become too lean, their energy goes too low, and they start to experience a drop in testosterone levels. If you're obese and insulin resistant and you don't use your glucose effectively, then going into a deficit can actually lead to higher levels of testosterone because your body normalizes proper glucose oxidation, which is key here. So calories is gonna be the most important. You don't wanna overeat, of course, because then you're gonna pack on body fat and body fat expresses a lot of aromatase that's just gonna convert more testosterone into estrogen and can eventually lead to insulin resistance and create this whole problem from the beginning. So you wanna make sure that you are in a healthy body fat range and then eat enough to support your activity and bodily functions, don't overeat. All right, so that is calories. Then the next one is protein. How much protein should you be eating? Well, a recent meta-analysis found that uh, 35% is the magic number here. Going over 35% and you can start to experience a decrease in testosterone. Under 35% is kind of like ideal for increasing testosterone and there doesn't seem to be a unique ability of protein to increase testosterone levels but I would make the argument that there is if you look at the kind of protein that people consume. So for example, the best protein for increasing testosterone levels would be oysters, red meat, eggs, and it's basically animal foods and dairy. And that is because these foods are rich in micronutrients that act as cofactors for sterogenesis, to increase their sterogenesis and improve proper glucose oxidation, those kind of stuff that's important for testosterone levels. So eating a diet rich in animal foods is gonna provide the micronutrients to increase testosterone levels. Just make sure you don't eat enough 35%, but the thing is most people don't eat even near that amount and most people actually under eat and these important animal foods. So they are oftentimes lacking in essential vitamins and minerals, for example, vitamin A and zinc and so on that's necessary for testosterone production. So make sure you eat enough protein. If you wanna look at a specific number, there isn't a difference between 1.6 
and 2.4 grams per kg of body weight when it comes to testosterone levels. But this is more important if you are in a deficit. When you are in a deficit, you can eat slightly more protein than when you are in a surplus. So if I have to give some random numbers and you are a weightlifter as well, if you're bulking, and this all depends on the amount of muscle mass that you have, about 150 grams of protein when you're bulking and then up to 200 grams when you're cutting depending on the amount of lean mass that you have. All right, so that is for protein. Let's switch over to carbohydrates. So as I mentioned, uh, when it comes to carbohydrates, it is more so the ability of your body to, to utilize the carbohydrates that is important, not necessarily the amount that you consume. So a recent meta-analysis found that there isn't really a difference in testosterone levels between uh, a very low carb diet and a high carb diet because it's about how effectively your body is using that. And studies have actually found that when you do, for example, calorie restriction, or you do intermittent fasting, or you do fasting or ketogenic diet, your ability to, your body can utilize glucose more effectively, and that leads to higher levels of testosterone. So of course, there's an adaption phase, maybe the first three weeks or so, where testosterone might go a little bit down, but then it will normalize again, depending on a few factors, you know, so. So you have a lot of leeway when it comes to carbohydrates. It depends on how much you want to eat and how and what really works for you. So if you like a low carb diet, maybe start between 10 and 15%, 10 to 20% of your total calories from carbohydrates. And then you can go lower from there, but don't start on the extreme end. And then you can always go higher depending on how you feel on that amount of carbohydrates. But there was one study looking at and showed that a higher carb diet was more effective at increasing testosterone than a higher protein diet. And the study was only 10 days long, but the high protein diet was 44% protein, and the high carb diet was 70% carbs and only 10% protein. So it does not mean that carbs are better, it just means that their protein was in excess. It was 44% above that 35% marker. And the study was only 10 days long. So the point being is it's all about how effectively your body can utilize that glucose and not so much the amount of glucose that you can consume. Now, there's a lot of individual variation here again. So how do you respond to it? So if you, some people, if they go on a ketogenic diet, they will experience a drop in testosterone, a drop in thyroid function. They will start to experience hyperglycemia, but that's not everyone. If that's you, eat more carbohydrates. You have to find out what works for you. And if you are eating too little carbs, your cortisol might go too high and that can create, again, a state of insulin resistance. And it's all about how effectively your body can utilize glucose. So if anything is inhibiting the proper oxidation and utilization of glucose, you can get a drop in testosterone. So if you're basically eating about 100 to 150 grams of carbohydrates on a daily basis, you're more or less limiting that excess cortisol. You can always go lower than that, but start between 100 and 150 grams of carbs on a daily basis, then go up or down depending on how you feel. But I always feel best when my carbohydrate intake is around 250 to 350 or a little bit higher depending on where my calories are at. The other side effect of a low carb diet is again the testosterone to cortisol ratio which you should keep in mind. And that is initially in the first three weeks, a low carb diet can lead to higher levels of cortisol. But when your body adapts, cortisol go back to normal levels and there's not a difference between a normal carb diet and a low carb diet in terms of cortisol. The only difference is that post-exercise you have higher levels of cortisol and as I mentioned it's the testosterone to cortisol ratio that is most important for to get proper adaptions. So you can bypass this by structuring your carbs around the workout or just eating a higher carb diet in general which is something that I do myself. Okay so that is carbohydrates. 
let's talk about fats as the last one. So there's again a difference between if you are in a deficit or in a surplus. If you're in a deficit, you might need a little bit more fat for increasing testosterone. But if you're in a surplus, you need a little bit less. So let's say you are at maintenance or in a surplus, you can get away with eating 20% of your total calories from fat. And then if you are in a deficit, it would be a little bit better to eat about 40%, 30 to 40% of your total calories from fat. Um, but there is a fat loss confounder that some people, some studies find that uh, a low fat diet, for example, doesn't lead to a drop in testosterone. And this is because when you lose fat, testosterone can go up. So if you are, for example, at maintenance and you're eating 10% of your calories from fat, that might be insufficient, but 20% might be good. So in a deficit, you might need slightly more, let's say 20 to 30%, maybe up to 40%. And when you're in a surplus, you can go lower, maybe 15 to 10%, depending on how much fat you need. Now, some people, depending on where uh, they are from, might need more. For example, the, some of the European countries, these people, they might need a little bit more fat to support stereogenesis, and they don't feel as good on a lower fat diet. So just in summary, calories is the most important when it comes to optimizing your testosterone levels. Next, we have protein, no more than 35%. If you wanna maximize your testosterone, make sure that protein is coming from animal sources to, to get all of those micronutrients. And then with carbohydrate, you have a lot of leeway. If you wanna go down to 10%, that's fine. If you wanna go up to 70%, that's fine. That's a lot of room to play with to find what works for you and what works for you to optimize your body's ability to use glucose effectively to support stereogenesis. If you're very, very active, you might benefit from a little bit more carbohydrates, depending on how your body adapts to the kind of physical activity that you do. And then when it comes to fat, if you are in a, in a deficit, you might need a little bit more fat, for example, 20 to 30 to 40%. And if you're in a surplus, you might get away with a little bit less. And if you're from the European areas, you might need a little bit more fat to support stereogenesis. Now, some people benefit from uh, going on a lower carb diet. Some people benefit going on a higher carb diet. Some people benefit from going on a high carb, high fat diet. So um, this is just some general guidelines and you'll have to experiment to find what works for you at the end of the day though.